evening, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Marvel Sports Talk Show here on set on the campus of Quinnipiac University inside the Carl Hansen Student Center. My name is David Marr, alongside my co-host Andrew Spezzano. We have a great lineup for you guys tonight. We'll start in the playoffs. We have games going on right now. We have the ALCS is set. It is the Houston Astros who just beat the White Sox this afternoon against the Boston Red Sox, who came off not only the wild card win against the Yankees, but the three-game sweep against Tampa Bay after losing Game 1, I did not think the Red Sox were going to win a single game against Tampa Bay. The fact that they won is so impressive. Um, but, Andrew, you had, you came into the set today, and you said you had some good things to talk about the Red Sox, so I want to hear them. Oh, Boston has just looked great. You know, every single game, it feels like, in the playoffs, they have just slugged. And yeah. they've played good baseball. They've gotten good relief appearances from guys like Nick Pavetta, Tanner Tanner Hawk, um Eduardo Rodriguez did a great job the other night. And you know, I'm really impressed with the type of they've been playing good defense. They've been and they had 27 hits in the two home games against the Rays and the Rays are known for having one of the best pitching staffs in the league. And the Red Sox went in there, put up 12 runs in two games. Two thrilling walk-off wins to move on to the ALCS. Yeah. This team kind of has a magical vibe to it. And, you know, I think they—I'm kind of getting some 2018 vibes from it with Alex Cora being being back and J.D. Martinez, Devers, Bogarts all producing. And Kike Hernandez has been a huge pickup. Mm-hmm. He had a monster series, ended up hitting the walk-off sack fly. I'm, I'm loving this— Red Sox run right now. He was phenomenal those two games at Fenway. The, the big game that he had when the game went into extra innings and then the walk-off hit to send the Red Sox to the ALCS uh, last night. Um, I had I had both games on in my dorm over the last two nights. And game, I think both games, the Rays came back and I was like, oh my goodness, here we go. The Red Sox just can't hold a lead. It, it goes to walk-off. I, I, I can't. Especially, like, last night, because, like, the Red Sox caught a break. Franco overthrows first base, and, the, you know, the Red Sox are in a runner on second base, and they don't score. And I'm like, okay, that just won the raise of the game. Then the Red Sox come back. They get um, another big error from the Rays. G-Man Choi muffs the ball at first base. That gives Kike or Travis Shaw hit that ball to uh, to the pitcher. Throws G-Man Choi. Doesn't get there because he muffs it. And then Kike comes up. And drills one at, to left field for Austin Meadows, makes the catch, and then I went berserk when when Danny Santana came in because I was like, there was no chance in you know you know what that the Red Sox were gonna win against Tampa Bay. So kudos to the Red Sox. Tough challenge against Houston. I don't I don't I didn't give the Red Sox much of a chance against Tampa Bay. I'm giving them lesser of a chance against Houston. It's gonna be a high scoring series, which is a good thing because if I doubt them, they do better. So I'm gonna keep doubting the Red Sox. They have no chance to beat Houston. They're all done. Um, but we'll see. So, uh, aside from that, we have a good lineup for you guys tonight. We have, uh, college football week six, some great games happened in the Red River shootout. We had a top five matchup in the big 10. The number one team went down Alabama lost an A&M and then we'll uh, get into week five. But first it is that time of year again. It is the middle of October. It's NHL hockey season. It is arguably my favorite time of the year because growing up in a hockey family and my, my brother who plays, Club hockey at the University of Oregon. I'm sure he's listening right now because he's been trying to get on the show for the last couple of weeks. Um, so NHL hockey's back. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And you know, obviously last year we had the shortened season because of COVID. Now we have a full slate of NHL games. And tonight we got a couple games going on. We yep. got the Pittsburgh Penguins up 2 nothing on Tampa Bay right now. Tampa Bay looking to three-peat this year, which is an interesting storyline. Um, and then we got the debut of the Seattle Kraken mm-hmm. going on the road to Las Vegas. I'm really excited to see <laughs> what how they do this year. You know, obviously, Vegas was the last expansion team, and they went all the way to the Cup. I don't know if Seattle's going to do that this year, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm excited to see them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into Seattle in a little bit. Obviously, I, I really hope Pittsburgh holds on to beat Tampa because I can't stand the Lightning. Um, but let's let's dive into our divisional predictions and let's start in the Atlantic. Um, we mentioned the Bolts three-peating and the Atlantic's back this year. It's Toronto, Boston, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, Tampa, Florida. 
obviously the Lightning are the favorites to repeat as divisional champions. Um, and obviously I'm giving it away because I'm a little bit biased, but I think we know the two teams that can probably catch them in the division. It's just that who's that fourth best team in the Atlantic division? You know, I'm looking at the Atlantic. Obviously, Florida is going to be great. You know, they just extended Barkov. They're stacked this year. And they I'm got Ekblad back. Yep. Um, But I'm curious to see. I think Montreal is going to fall off a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think that was kind of a magical run. But I'm still, I'm a little concerned about Toronto's goaltending. You know, I look at their mm. roster. They, they're stacked on offense. They have a pretty good defense. But... I think they got Peter Mrazek as their new goalie this year. I don't know if I trust that. I don't know if I trust Boston's defense. I think it's really going to come down to Florida and Tampa Bay yeah. in the Atlantic. Well, let's throw out our top four right now. I think the the Bolts have the highest expectations to repeat, but their rivals from South Florida are catching them this year. The Panthers are loaded. They added Sam Reinhardt. They've got Ekblad back, as you said, Andrew. They've got... A great goaltending duo with Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, they've got a good defense. They've got a, such a loaded offense, and they're going to put up some numbers this year. Uh, I think Tampa will finish second. I like the Leafs to finish third um, just because Austin Matthews and what he has on offense. The the, the fourth best team, I just don't I'm going to go with the Bruins just because. Only the Bruins. Yeah, they, they, they meet the those. Pedigree. Yeah, they're, they're top six forwards I like. I didn't like their bottom six last year. I don't know what I think of it. You talked about you're not you, you're not you're not sure about their defense. I really don't know. I mean, I really think that their defense is a concern, especially their their back four. You know, they don't have a lot of depth on defense. And then Tuka Rask is starting to age. You know, his time's just about up. So I think those are my top four. Andrew, let's see your top four. You know, I would have to agree. I like Florida at one. I like I like Tampa at two. Mm-hmm. Then Toronto's definitely three. And then for four, you know, I look at the other four teams outside of Boston, yeah. and I see a lot of youth. I mean, Buffalo's going to stink. They're, <laughs> they're going to be terrible. I don't think Detroit's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Ottawa's a team to watch, though. They've got some youth. I agree. They had a really good second half last year. I, don't, I think if the Bruins' defense doesn't get it together, they could challenge them. Mm. But I just think the Bruins have too much offense on that those top two lines. They stay healthy. They're going to get that four. I, I am really excited about Ottawa this year. I, I think that they were in almost every single game last year. So, and they were able to compete with teams like the the Maple Leafs and the Oilers and the Canadians and the Jets. So, if they stay competitive, they're going to have a pretty good season. So, they upgraded their defense a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, and their goaltending uh, with uh, Joey Decord, who got drafted out of ASU, he's he's supposed to be pretty good. So, I'm excited about Ottawa. All right, let's switch to the Metropolitan. Um, the New York Islanders, I think, will probably repeat as division, ch- or they didn't repeat as division champions last year, but they should have. Um, they've just got such a loaded defense; it's going to be hard to stop. It's going to be hard to score goals against them. Um, offensively, they're very balanced. Um, Washington and Pittsburgh, we obviously know about those two teams, but the New York Rangers made a couple of good moves in the offseason. They got Gerard Gallant, who's an experienced head coach, um, who has been with Stanley Cup final in Vegas. Ryan Reeves is a good physical guy, beefs up. I think that gives them some physical depth, but they've got a lot of young talent, and that young talent started to get it together last year. They were so close. They were all so close to making the playoffs. I think that they might make it this year. I think they're going to have a really good year. You know, they picked up one of the best defensive left defensemen in the league in Patrick Namath, and that was their biggest need. They didn't have a lot of talent on the left side. Mm -hmm. And obviously they have Adam Fox, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, he had a great year. They just gave Mika Zibanejad an eight-year contract extension. But what I love about the Rangers, they not only are they young, but they have a lot of speed, mm-hmm. and now they have a lot of physicality. You know, they brought in, not only did they bring in Ryan Reeves, who's outside of being an enforcer, he's a very good penalty killer, and he's good on the defensive end of the of the rink. Yep. But they also brought in Sammy Blyce from St. Louis. He's also a good two-way forward. He's had some really filthy goals in the preseason. I know that doesn't mean much, but I think he could be a solid third liner. They also added some physicality on the defense. They got Tenorti from the Bruins. I saw he's going to start on Wednesday against the Caps. Yeah, he's going to be a huge addition to their he's defense. He's another another physical guy. Yep. They really buffed up their defense, and they've got some really good young players. 
Nils Lundqvist is making his debut this year. He was a great player in their farm system. Keandre Miller is going to step up. He's another defenseman they have. And then I think Alex Laf- Alexi Lafreniere is going to have a good year too. Breakout season. You know, this is his second year. He played a lot better, as did Capo Caco in the second half yes. of last year. Yes, But I'm really excited to see the goalie duo of Shesterkin and Gorgiev. And I think I think Shesterkin could have a big year with an improved defense. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. For those who don't know, the AHL affiliates of both New York teams are in the state of Connecticut. The Islanders are in Bridgeport. The Rangers are in Hartford. Those two teams meet about, I think, 10 times uh, ten times this season. So if you're a New York farm system guy, they're in the state of Connecticut. So they're not too far. So top four, I'm going Islanders one. I'm going Caps two just because I think that their defense will have a bounce back year. Rangers three. And then at four, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I just don't know what I expect out of Carolina. They got rid of Nedeljkovic. Very questionable move. I, I He was the future. I don't know. Who did they even get in return? It was some uh, old. Wasn't it Bernier? Like, what? Like, how old is this guy? They have Auntie Ranta and Frederick oh, Anderson as God. their goalies. Yeah. Philadelphia, I, I defensively challenged. They got, they did get talent, but I, I don't know what to make of their defense. And then the Devils, the Devils could surprise some people. They, they, they were competitive last year. I think they beat the Bruins like six times, five times last year. So they're competitive. Um, and then Columbus is obviously going to finish in dead last. Well, yeah, Columbus is terrible. <laughs> um, I think, I think number one has to be the Islanders. Yeah, you know, not only are they well coached, but that team, that te- that core has come up together, and they have just gone deep in the playoffs year in and year out. And you know, this could be the year they go all the way. Mm. Um, you know, I I really like that Islanders team yeah. finishing the one. I like the Caps too, like you said. You know, they just have so much talent. I. And I love that Rangers pick at three. I know. I'm trying to and set the bar high. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Okay. I think the Rangers are gonna have a really good year. They're gonna step up. I think they're gonna have Panarin for a full season. He had to take a leave of absence last year, which really hurt them. Yep. Now they get to play some bad teams. They were stuck in that crazy metro or that crazy division with all the yep. insane teams of the East. And they still finished five hundred. Yeah. But I, I think they're going to beat up on the bad teams this year. That four spots tough. I, I'm going to go with Carolina. Okay. Because I think their offense, they just have they're electric. Yeah. I just don't know what to make of their back end. That's why I was leaning towards Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I know what I expect out of Sidney Crosby. They, once they get healthy, they need to get healthy. Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll be okay. Um, the Central Division is obviously going to be a runaway this year. There's no no one is stopping Colorado and that high octane <laughs> offense, even without Philip Grubauer. The Avalanche are the best team probably in the entire league with what they bring back offensively. Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr on the back end, who had a tremendous year last year. Um, and, you know, the Aval- if they get their goaltending situation figured out, they're the first best team. I don't know who the second best team is in the Central. I, you can make a case for maybe Winnipeg with their defense and their goaltending. But you could also throw in, you know, Dallas was competitive in every game. And if they didn't lose, I think, half their games in overtime, they would have been a playoff team. Um, St. Louis won the Cup two years ago. I just don't know who the second best. I'm leaning towards Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. Wow. Elaborate on this. Yeah, no, Chicago Chicago made some big additions. You know, they got, they added Tyler Johnson at center. They Mm. they They have Jonathan Taves, Dylan Strome. Kirby Doc's going to be a very good young player. I've been following him for a little bit. Then they've got Debrinkat, Kuba Leak's a breakout player, Hagel's a solid forward, and then obviously Patty Kane. Mm. But on defense, they went out. They got Seth Jones from Columbus. Oh, that's right. That is going to be a huge addition. But the biggest of them all, they got Marc Andre Fleury. In uh, that. I mean, I know he's old. Yeah. But. I think he's got one or two more good years left in him. I think I think Chicago's going to be really good this year. Who's their backup in Chicago? Isn't it? Um, it's Lankinen. Oh God, Kevin Lankinen. Um, you convinced me. I, they they might make the playoffs this year. So my top four: I'm Colorado's going to win it by a landslide. Um, yeah. I I think Winnipeg is the second best team. Their defense and Connor Hellebuck should have a great year. Obviously, I'm a I'm a UMass little fan at heart. Uh, UMass Lowell hockey fan, so Connor Hellebeck went from went to UMass Lowell. So, um, 
I like Nashville at three. They got some additions this year. Um, or they actually they let some people go, but they still have you say Saros, who I who should have been the Vezina winner in my mind. He was just outstanding. And you convinced me with Chicago. I think they'll be a playoff team as the number four. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um so obviously Colorado's yeah. the runaway favorite at one. At two, I'm gonna go with Nashville. I agree mm. with that. I think they've got a really solid core. They're gonna be good. At three, I'm gonna go with Dallas. Okay. Dallas, they went out, they got Ryan Suter. They picked up Braden Holtby as a goalie to go alongside Ben Bishop. And obviously, they're going to have a healthy Sagan and Jamie Ben this year, which will help them out. Mm. And then at four, I th- I'm going to go with Chicago. Yeah. As I said, Dallas was in every game last year. So it, the problem is they just weren't healthy enough. They lost Sagan. Ben Bishop came out for, I think, half the season. Um, or no, he did. Yeah, he played a little bit, but he was not that good, especially in the late frames when in overtime, third period. Um, so, yeah. I will say watch out for Minnesota. Minnesota can make some noise this year. They had a really good good year last year, and they were I, – I picked them to beat Vegas, although I, I'll draw back on that because, you know, the Golden Knights are the Golden Knights, which leans into the Pacific Division. Um, Vegas, in to me, even without math, they're going to be the best team in the Pacific. They've just got so much talent. Edmonton is probably going to be the second – I don't know how Edmonton can – I really feel bad for Connor McDavid. And, you know, my brother's probably listening. He loves Connor McDavid. I don't know. I I feel for Connor McDavid. The fact that he's been, he reminds me of Russell Wilson almost. (laughs) Because he's been, he's been in a a good environment with the good team. And he just can't win important games. He couldn't win in the play. He, he, He got bounced by Montreal in the playoffs. That doesn't happen. So Edmonton should have a good year. I think Vancouver is going to be a team to watch out for this year. They're going to be their top six forwards are young, but they're they're fast, they're quick, and they could score a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And then Brock Besser, again, yeah. And I don't, I still don't know about four. Maybe Calgary. I I don't know. I I, I don't know about San Jose. I don't know about L.A. I don't know about Anaheim, and I still don't know about Seattle. They're just too young. I just when. And I said this after the draft. When Vegas had their expansion draft, they went after veterans and leaders because they wanted to win right now. Seattle didn't do that. They they got some veterans, but they, the majority of the players they got were younger players. Like that, It sounds like they're building for the future. So I don't think they're going to win right now. I just don't know who the fourth best team is in this division either. Yeah, it's tough. You know, yeah. the West, obviously, Vegas is the top team. But... I'm looking at Edmonton. I like them at two. Yep. But I'm disappointed in Edmonton. You know, they cut another disappointing year in the playoffs, and they got to make a massive upgrade. Obviously, goaltending has killed them. Yeah. And they went out and they got Alex Stalock from Minnesota, I think. When was the last time he played? <laughs> I couldn't even tell I you. I feel like he's, the last time I remember hearing his name come up, he was in Minnesota. And yeah, that was like was. five years ago, maybe. And, I don't and even then, know. Then they're running it back with Koskinen and Mike Smith. So Koskinen could have a good year. Maybe Smith too. Smith Smith was a pretty good goaltender. Yeah, Smith Smith's a good backup. Yeah, but they really didn't do much to the defense. I mean, they got Cody Cece and Duncan Keith, but Duncan Keith's really old. Yeah, Duncan um, Keith's getting up there. <laughs> yeah, I like, by the, but I like Edmonton at two. You've got me on this this Vancouver train at three. I'm telling you, they're going to be pretty They've good. They've got this some year. young guys, yeah. and you know, I really like Brock Besser. I think they have Pedersen too. Pedersen's going to be a star. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, I would watch out for him. But and then the four is, I mean, I guess it's a toss up at this point because San Jose and L.A. I honestly couldn't tell you any. I just know that they're both very young, and rebuilding teams. Seattle. Don't know anything about. Don't know enough about them yet. Yeah, I guess right now you'd have to say Calgary because Anaheim's not good. Yeah, Rick, <laughs> um, they did get this. Who's their young uh, player that was brought up so many times? I know they have good drill. Um, no, it's uh, that's Calgary. I was talking about Anaheim. Anaheim. Um, it's the it's this young rookie that was like so good. I don't remember the. the I don't know. I would say Troy Calgary. Terry. What's that? Troy Terry. It might be him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would say Calgary. I, I think the Ducks. The Ducks could make things interesting. I just don't know. So that's 
So that's our NHL. So let's move on to college football before we take a break. Um, really good week six. It's It started out, and we know the Red River shootout gets so crazy. And this one was crazy-er because Texas was up 28-7. I thought they just they were, they would just steamroll Oklahoma from there. And then Spencer Rattler gets benched at last because he is not good. So. And Caleb Williams comes in and tore Texas's defense apart. I mean, but the MVP of that game wasn't Caleb Williams. It was their running back, uh, Kennedy Brooks. 217 yards, two touchdowns, the last one being the game winner. Oklahoma might have found something. I, I don't – I mean – Lincoln Riley should not be dwelling on this. Caleb Williams should be the starter for the rest of the season. Spencer Rattler is not good. Oh, Caleb Williams was incredible. Yeah. He went 16 for 25, 212 yards and a tutty. And he also four carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. He had a 66-yard run. You know, this Oklahoma team completely looked different once they went to Caleb Williams. Spencer Rattler has been inconsistent all year. He had one good game against a terrible team. And, you know, you got to give Texas credit. You know, they really gave Oklahoma a battle, but they just fell apart defensively at the end once the quarterback switch was made. And, yeah, I agree. Caleb Williams should get the start next week. One of the things I didn't like about Texas is that when they got up to that big lead, they didn't give the ball to Bijan Robinson. He is the best player in college football, you can't win games when he doesn't get enough touches in the second half. That killed them for the rest of the game. If he'd gotten more touches, they probably would have won the game. He had 137 yards on 20 carries. He was averaging four, four yards. I don't know. I, I'm not good at math. So, um, but Seven yeah. yards a carry. Yeah. He should have gotten more than that. I mean, he's the best player in college football, but I, I feel for Texas. I really wanted them to win. I picked them to win that game, too, so... Um, I just feel bad for Texas. So the other game, top five matchup, um, and I was talking with Gage uh, Kilborn, who does KBSN with me this afternoon, and we were talking about the Penn State-Iowa game, and the short rundown of it is this, is that Sean Clifford scores two quick touchdowns. He gets taken out of the game because he got hurt. Penn State's offense was never the same. Ro- Roberson came in, did nothing on offense, mainly because they got backed up inside their own 10, I think like five times, because that punter from Iowa was the MVP. And then the Penn State defense just wore down. Iowa took advantage. Uh, a late play action bootleg. Spencer Peters finds Nico Reganey for a 40-something yard touchdown, and Iowa wins the game. But that is a huge loss for Penn State. They get a bye week, so hopefully he gets healthy. But it just goes to show you how Im- important Sean Clifford is to this Penn State team. Yeah, no, that's a big loss. Um I watched this game with some of my with some of my roommates on Saturday, and man, the atmosphere in Iowa was electric. You know that was that was a great win for Iowa. You know their defense with four interceptions, and I mean offensively they didn't do anything special. They only ran for 110 yards. You know I guess they got it going in the air a little bit. Petros had a solid game, but defensively they really held the fort down. I guess a really solid Penn State team. Yeah. You know, hopefully going into the bye week, Clifford could get healthy because if they don't have him, they're in trouble because once it switched to Roberson, he went seven for twenty one with just thirty four yards and two picks. That's a that would be a massive loss if Clifford can't go in two weeks. The hope the good news is for Penn State they have a bye week, but you look at this the schedule coming up at Ohio State versus Michigan at Michigan State. Those are three tough games. The, the winner of the Big Ten East is going to earn it this year. And I know I said that Ohio State was um, Ohio State's still my preseason pick to win the national championship. I don't think anybody wants to play them right now, the way that they're playing. They finally figured it out with on offense. Michigan State's good. I still need to see their offense click against a good defense. Michigan looks pretty good, too. They had a good win against Nebraska. Um but the team that probably had the biggest win was Texas A&M. Ninth game in Kyle Field at College Station, and it was about as a good a script as you could write. That's what I love about college football. It's unscripted. And uh, it was a back-and-forth game. It was a tale of two halves, too, because Texas A&M dominated the first half. They go up 14 points at halftime. Alabama comes out swinging to start the second half. The game's tied. Texas A&M's backup quarterback goes out with a knee injury, comes back, leads Texas A&M 
down the field for the game-winning field goal, and the Aggies knock off the tide, snapping four streaks for Alabama. Um, unranked wins was one of them. Uh, losses by Saban, uh, losses for Saban assistance was one of them. Uh, two others that I don't remember right now, but what a win for Texas A&M, and it really shows you that Alabama is not Alabama this year. Yeah, and you know the play that surprised me the most was the kickoff return touchdown. Yeah, you don't see special teams mistakes like that from Alabama. You know that was that was huge. They also turned over the ball twice, but you got to give Texas A and M a lot of credit. They really kept up with Alabama's offense. You know they they put up forty one points. Their quarterback did a good job. He had three touchdowns, and they also threw for two hundred and eighty five. 285 yards in the air against a really talented Alabama defense. And, yeah, Alabama gets knocked down to the five spot. So that's a huge loss for them. Now they they have to win out now. Yeah, and the one thing that's concerning for Alabama is that Georgia is now ahead of them at the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Um, And Alabama doesn't really have a game on the SEC West schedule that you can look at. Maybe Arkansas, if they they could start getting in gear. Maybe Auburn, but Auburn just got— I don't know what the word to describe that loss to Georgia would be, but I would say smothered because that Georgia defense, I I said it after the Alabama game against Florida, Georgia is the best team in the, in the country. And it it showed on on Saturday in Jordan hair. No, I agree. Georgia has looked, Oh my God. Defensively their last two games before this 62 to nothing over Vandy, which isn't great. I mean, shutting them out. They're not great, but then they shut out Arkansas at home which is which was a huge win for them, and now they play another ranked team in Auburn, who I've loved all year. Mm-hmm. They beat them thirty-four to ten on the road. Defensively, they haven't given up more than thirteen points. Mm-hmm. They've been really good, and then offensively, besides the low-scoring game against Clemson, ever since then they've never put up le- or they've never had less than thirty-four. You know, this is a complete Georgia team. And they deserve to be in the number one spot right now. And they get, and they get I'm another, excited for them. Yeah, and they get another chance to prove how good they are when they take on Kentucky this weekend. Kentucky's pretty good. Yeah, watch Offensively, out. a lot of transfers came into Kentucky, and they're lighting up the scoreboard. So I think that will be Georgia's toughest test to date uh, when they get the Wildcats. Really quick, before we go to break, give me a quick upset finder for this week in college football. Week 7, um, what do we got for an upset? Ooh, I think Texas could beat Oklahoma State. Oh, um, they're they're at home against them. They just had a really crazy game with Oklahoma. They're actually favored in this game, as even though they're the twenty five going up against the twelve. But I really like that matchup. Yeah, uh, I like Auburn to beat Arkansas. Just looking at that one. Yeah, too. I, I Arkansas the, the go for two. I, I like the go for two. The play call was just bad. Like you got to come up with something up, up with something better than that play call. But uh, Auburn's defense is 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 good. They had two two losses to good teams, but you know they go into LSU and win. Um, they they played a, a competitive game against Penn State. How heartbroken could Arkansas be after falling apart against Ole Miss and missing that two point try? It's going to be interesting. I think Auburn has a good chance to go in there and win. Um, that but I think I think te- you know I'm going to go opposite you. I think Oklahoma State's going to beat Texas. How heartbroken could Texas be after Also win? watch out for Utah against Arizona State. Yeah. That could be a good one. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with week five in football and week six picks. Una maestra. Soy un ranchero. Soy un peluquero. Una mesera. Una mamá. Todos somos parte de tu comunidad. Todos los días entramos y salimos de la vida de cada cual. Es fácil dar por sentado los momentos que conforman nuestro día a día. Algunos son buenos. Otros no tanto. Pero así es la vida. Es cuando vives un momento de incertidumbre. Algo o el comportamiento de alguien que no parece estar bien. Estos son los momentos en que debes hacer una pausa. Porque si algo no se siente bien, es probable que no sea bueno. No se trata de paranoia. Ni de tener miedo. Se trata de defendernos y proteger nuestras comunidades. Un detalle a la vez. Porque muchos detalles pueden convertirse en un patrón. Nosotros. 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 Nosotros confiamos en nuestros instintos. Como deberías hacerlo tú. Porque solo tú sabes lo que no debería ser parte de tu día a día. Protege tu día a día. Si ves algo sospechoso, avísales a las autoridades locales. We're all part of your community. 
We all play a role in keeping our community safe. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Thanks for picking up the signal and tuning in to 98.1 FM, WQAQ, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. It starts now. Call to request your favorite songs at 203-582-5555. And everybody thank me at once. WQAQ, streaming online 24-7, only at WQAQ.com. God bless the internet. Man, I feel just like a rock star. It's not hard to feel like a rock star with WQAQ, because that's what the songs are that you want to hear. We're on par, and odds are you're going to love us. So tune in to WQAQ Handed 98.1, the soundtrack of Quinnipiac. Never actually played a, a song on my phone through the mic before, so that was an interesting experience. Uh, welcome back to the Marvel Sports Talk Show. David Moore alongside Andrew Spezano. We're ready to break down week five of the NFL season, and let's start with the game of the night. That was the Buffalo Bills uh, going into Arrowhead and decimating the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Josh Allen threw, I think, five passes in the or. He threw 15 passes in the first half. Five were completed, and then they went for 150 yards. He finishes the night 15-26, 315 yards, three touchdowns, outduels Patrick Mahomes, but I wouldn't even call it outdueling. I would just call it kicking as you know what. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let, let's start with that. Let's let, let's do takeaways from the, the Bills' big win against the Chiefs. Mike Tirico made an interesting analogy. The Bills were the new kid on the block, and to beat – to be the best kid on the block, they had to go take down the bully, and they did that. They not only took down the bully, they ran the bully out of his own house. A complete game played by Buffalo, four turnovers on defense, and Josh Allen with 315 passing yards, three touchdowns. He also ran for 59 yards and had a touchdown. And just to add insult to injury to Chiefs fans, he hurdled the Chiefs defender. That was awesome. In the I think that was in the fourth quarter. Yes. Um. Obviously, that was crazy. There was actually a long weather delay in that game. I ended up staying up and watching the whole thing, though, and yeah. I was pretty happy because the Bills are my AFC team. Mm-hmm. But what is going on with the Chiefs' defense? I, I was going to rant like, about that. <laughs> they cannot generate a pass rush at all. And, you know, I thought I heard Chris Jones is out, which really hurts. Yeah. But that just shows they have no depth there. Josh Allen was carving them up. They and the Bills were able to get their running game going a little bit. You know, they had 121 yards of rushing. But what a what a really rough start for the Chiefs. And where do they go from here? I mean, two and three is not the start they were looking for. Yes, Chris Jones was out, but you still had Tyron Matthew in the secondary. They've given up 30 points a game in the last four games, and they're two and two. The reason that they're 2-2 two and two is because they're turning the ball over so much. And Patrick Mahomes... He looks we, human. Yeah, we, yeah, he looks human. We, we expect him to do so many inhuman things, but th- I think teams have figured out a way to make him human, and that's just pull everybody back, let him beat us up the field, and, and the Chiefs can't. And defensively, this has been a problem with the Chiefs for the last three years. And it even happened when they got it fixed against in the playoffs when they went to New England and beat the Patriots to get the number two seed, and, and then we obviously know what happened. They won the Super Bowl. But this defense is not good. They cannot stop the run. They look terrible against the pass. They were blowing coverages, missing tackles. I mean, this Chiefs team is not good because of this defense, and it looks worse now that Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over. And we, he, he said in the press game, in the post-game conference, it starts with me, I've got to cut it out. Well, good, if you could cut it out, your defense will still give up 30-plus points a game. Get the defense figured out. This Kansas City team has to do a lot of work to catch up. 
But I was impressed with the Bills. I, we both picked the Bills to win. Um, we didn't do our show last week, but that was that was one of our picks that I threw out on Twitter. We both we both picked the Bills to win. Mm-hmm. I felt confident in the Bills because it revenge from last year. They have a better defense. Josh Allen is playing lights out football. Um, I thought they were going to go in there and win, and I, I I thought they would win. Eighteen by eighteen points was beyond me. So that was an impressive win. And the reason the Chiefs are going to have to play catch up is because of what the Chargers did last week against the Browns. And it lived up to a type. I said it'd be high scoring. It'd be a lot of fun. I picked the Chargers because I didn't know what I would expect from Baker Mayfield playing with an injured shoulder. Baker Mayfield still played good. And this is an interesting stat. I don't don't know if you've heard this before, but the Browns are the first team in NFL history to put 40 points on the board, have no turnovers, and still lose the game. I mean, that's like that's like something you would hear if it happened to the Lions or if it happened to the Chargers over the last two years. Um, but the Chargers are 4-1, and one, and they look like the second-best team in the AFC right now. Man, this Chargers team is they're something. Justin Herbert with a monster game, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Austin Eckler had a big game. How many total touchdowns did he? He had three total touchdowns. Mm-hmm. A couple big plays to Mike Williams, who's having a breakout year at wide receiver. And want to know something crazy? The last time there was a forty-seven to forty-two game in the NFL was last year, and the Cleveland Browns were on the losing end of that one too. That was oh, the wow. that was the Lamar toilet game. Wasn't that forty-eight to forty-two? I thought it was forty-seven. Forty might have been forty. I think it was forty-eight. Okay. You're close. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give you around that one. There. Yeah. But, man, this Chargers team is something. You know, I want to see them get their defense in check a little bit. Yeah. You know, they still gave up 42 points, but they are— Justin Herbert is legit. It feels comfortable as a team when you have a head coach like Brandon Staley who's willing to go for it on fourth down. I think he went for it on fourth down four times. And got it every single time. It happened in the fourth quarter, I think, every time, too. And it was those fourth and long situations. You get every single one of those. That has to build confidence in your team. But the the Chargers, to me, are the second-best team in the AFC because of what Justin Herbert's done. Yes, the defense is subpar, but it can get better. They still have Derwin James, um, Joey Bosa up front. They, they've got some good pieces and they're a good team. It'll be interesting to see the Ravens this week is who the Chargers play, and it's on the road, too, so that'll be fun. And I still feel good about Cleveland. Um, Nick Chubb had a game. Yeah, 161 yards, a touchdown on 21 carries. David Njoku was probably a breakout star Big in that play. game. Uh, 149 yards. Uh, he had a 71-yard touchdown run after Baker Mayfield hit him across the middle. Um, but the Browns play the Cardinals this week at home, so that's not an easy game. Um, and then the other game that we saw, poor kicking is probably the storyline with the Bengals oh and, the, and the Packers. Um, yeah, the poor kicking was just, oh, my goodness. Um, Evan McPherson watching it hit the uh, hit the flag on the top of the post. Him celebrating, yeah, dude, that, that didn't go in. I don't know what you were looking at, but that didn't go in. <laughs> um, five missed kicks. In in the fourth quarter and in overtime and it and it took the Packers to win. I, I feel for they had Cincinnati had the game won, but y- you're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams when you give up 206 receiving yards to Devontae Adams on 11 catches. Helped me in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but getting into that game, my my friend who's a Packers fan texted me and was like, "We need a new kicker." Mason Crosby missed three field goals at an extra point, but he did get the last laugh in the game of missed kicks and hit that 49-yarder to seal the deal. But the Cincinnati team, you know, they're they're legit. I really like Joe Burrow. I know he had two picks, but it looked like he was hurt at one point in that game. He came right back in, threw a 70-yard bomb to Jamar Chase, who, by the way, is having a breakout year. Rookie of the year for right now. As of right now, but watch out for Kadarius Tony, Giants fans. <laughs> um, but Jamar Chase had a breakout game. I think he—I don't even know how many. I might have four or five touchdowns now at this point. 
He's having a great year. But, uh Career uh, season stats for Jamar Chase: five hundred and uh, four hundred fifty-six yards, five touchdowns, five touchdowns tied, for, yep. tied for second in the league. It's really good. Yeah, he's definitely the favorite for rookie of the year now. Then, um, but Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. If you can't stop them, you're as good as done. Especially with two hundred and six yards breakout game there. Aaron Jones, one hundred and three rushing yards. Green Bay just had their offense working, but if Mason Crosby could have just made a couple more of those <laughs> kicks. Yes. The game would have been over sooner. Evan McPherson missing that. One of the things that was a little bit iffy to me in that game, Cincinnati was facing fourth and one in Green Bay territory, and it reminded me of the, the Patriots-Bucks game a couple of weeks ago. Fourth and one in your opponent's territory, I don't care who your kicker is, I don't care what the conditions are, I would rather lose the game going forward on fourth down and one when I have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase and a, a, a bunch of speedy receivers don't line up and kick a 50-plus yard field goal. Don't be conservative. Be aggressive and go for it. Um, McPherson 0 for 2. Yeah. Um, it's The Patriots one was worse because it was in the rain, and, and Nick Folk should have made it. Um, but the Bengals, if they, go, if they get it on 4th and 1, it, it, it keeps the clock moving. It gets you in better field goal range. You have extra chances to win the game. Um, that's that's going to sing the Bengals. They do get Detroit this week, so a good chance to bounce back. Um, last topic before we get into our picks. Um, Russell Wilson in Thursday night's game against the L.A. Rams uh, fractured his finger. Um, the one time Aaron Donald does not get double teamed hurts the Seahawks. It, it reminded me, again, of two years ago. Aaron Donald got single blocked against Drew Brees. His thumb gets hurt. He's out for a month and a half. And that's what the Seahawks are going to have to do. They're going to have to adjust. They, they're going to have to go at least a month and a half without Russell Wilson um, behind the pocket. You know, that was a really rough injury to watch. I was watching this game with my with my roommates. Yeah. And I saw his finger. I was like, oh, boy, he's in trouble. And I saw he was trying to see if he could give it a go. He stayed out a few more plays. Obviously couldn't throw the ball. I think they ran it a few times. Mm-hmm. You got to give credit to Geno Smith, though, going in there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had 131 yards and a touchdown. Ended up throwing a really crucial pick, though, at the end. They actually had a chance to get back in the game. But the Rams, you know, their defense did their job. And then offensively, they did enough. I think Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle both had a rushing touchdown. Yep. So they got their running game going a little bit. Matt Matthew Stafford, 365 yards, doing his thing. He's looked great there. Robert Woods finally had that breakout game that he's been waiting for all year, 150 yards on 12 receptions. Mm -hmm. But that is a really big loss for the Seahawks, and it probably makes this NFC West a two-team race now. Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't count out the 49ers just yet. I I know that they did not look great against Arizona, but— you know the Forty ers just have to get some flow in their offense, and they're and they're still a little bit beat up on defense. Um, but yeah, it does seem like a two team race between the Rams and the Cardinals, um, and both and both teams go on the road this week. Uh, one of them has an easier challenge, I will say that. Uh, all right, so let's dive into week two picks or week six picks before we wrap up. I won last week, so we're now tied at two two and one. Um, Let's start Thursday night, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. Tampa Bay is a seven-point favorite over the Eagles. All the Eagles fans trolled me last week uh, during the Panthers game. And if you're you're listening to the show and you're an Eagles fan, you probably know who you are. Um, (laughs) Well, retaliation for me, I think the Bucs are going to beat them by two scores. I just, I can't trust Philadelphia's um, offense. The Bucs' defense just suffocates you when when you try to run the ball. So I'm I'm going Tampa Bay... Uh, by 14 in this game. Man, Tampa Bay went off last week. Yeah. Tom Brady with five touchdowns. Just an absolute blowout. Their offense in Miami, or against Miami, their offense is clicking. Tampa Bay is going to go on the road and win this by at least 14. I agree with you. I just don't, you're going to have to trust Jalen Hurts to become a passer. I just don't think that he's there yet. Not against this defense. Yeah, not, no. Um, all right, so the London, we have one more London game. We have the uh, Dolphin. Uh, yeah, can London please get a better game than what we saw not only last week, but this week with the Jets and the Falcons last week. And now we have Dolphins and Jaguars. Give them, a, give them the worst Come, of, our, yeah, of my, the league. Oh, God. Can, I really hope London petitions for better NFL games. 
Um, the Dolphins are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I feel very comfortable now that I am taking the Jacksonville Jaguars um, with all the, the heat now off of Urban Meyer and on John Gruden. It gives him a chance to coach his team. Um, and I think the Jags' defense will shut down this Miami offense. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go Jags. I'm probably gonna regret it too. So I'll take the Jags in the upset. I'm gonna take the Jags too. Okay. You know they've kept the last couple of games manageable. I mean, yeah, they they got shredded in the second half against Tennessee, but they were in it for the first half. James Robinson starting to get going. Trevor Lawrence is looking a little more comfortable. And the Dolphins' defense just got picked apart. Yeah. I And I think it's time for T-Law to get his first win. It's Yeah, I agree. Especially when Zach Wilson won his first game two weeks ago. It's it's time for Trevor Lawrence. All right. Uh, old rivalry is renewed in Chicago. We have the Bears and the Packers at Soldier Field. The Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. This is my upset of the week. Green Bay's defense has... You know, been good, not great. Chicago's offense is in rhythm with Justin Fields. I, I think the Bears will pull it out. I think the Bears' defense is going to outduel the Packers' defense, and I think Justin Fields is going to have a good game. I'm taking the Bears at home. Is David Montgomery still out? Uh, he, I don't know. I he might be. That's I think he got put on IR. Yeah, sure. I, I'm looking at the full injury report now. Well, actually, I'm going to scroll down for a little bit. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, he's on IR, so... Okay, I'm going with Green Bay. I do not see (laughs) Chicago. They have not established a passing game at all. They've won a lot of close squeakers. You know, their defense is good, but again, I think Aaron Rodgers has killed them over the years, and he's going to do it again. And the Bears were were in it in Week 17 in in that game where the Packers needed to win to walk up the number one seed, so... Um, All right, Bengals and Lions. Can I just take a moment to feel Lions fans' pain of watching that game last week against Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't know how many close losses you could take. Uh, I think this is another heartbreaking, gut-wrenching loss for Lions fans. Evan McPherson this time will hit a game-winning field goal, and the Bengals will win in Cincinnati. Or in, in, not in Cincinnati, in Detroit. I agree. I think Cincinnati's going to go into Detroit after a really hard-fought game against Green Bay, and they're going to they're gonna win by a touchdown. All right, this is an unwatchable game. Houston and Indianapolis. Indy looked good for 50 minutes of that game against Baltimore last night, and then it all fell apart. Man, I I really want to take the Texans because of what they did to the Patriots last week, but I'm just going to go with a better defense. I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, I think the Texans will cover the—what's the spread? Nine and a half? A I think <laughs> Yeah, I think the Texans will cover. Davis Mills is— Look better, and if, if they just keep pulling out those trick plays on offense, they'll be in this game. Uh, but I'm going Colts in a close one. Colts are finally getting Jonathan Taylor going, and they are also getting Michael Pittman going. He literally mossed two defenders on that insane touchdown grab in the second half. Yeah, I'm gonna take the um, I'm gonna take the Colts in this one, mm. but watch out for Davis Mills in this Texans offense. Like, yeah. They could they could put up some points surprisingly. A team that will probably have no offense whatsoever on Sunday will be the Giants when they take on the Rams. <laughs> they have no Daniel Jones, no Saquon Barkley, their top 3 receivers are out. Canary's Tony will probably win rookie of the year cuz he'll be the only guy that touches the ball. <laughs> um I don't even think the Giants will score a point against this Rams defense. There's no chance. Rams had extra time. They 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 have no in, they're all healthy. Um, the Giants' defense will keep it close for maybe like a quarter, and then the Rams will just run them out of their own building. This is going to be like a college game where a, a ranked team plays the worst team in the league, <laughs> and it's going to be like I'm going to go thirty-five to nothing Rams. Wow! And this... I'm a Giants fan. I have no hope. <laughs> Mike Glennon is not doing anything against this Rams team. I mean, maybe they'll get lucky and get a garbage time touchdown because <laughs> the Rams are just going to sit their starters because the, they're going to be blowing them out. The glimmer of hope for Giants fans is that they score a touchdown against the NFL's best defense. In garbage time. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> G- uh, Chiefs and Washington in uh, Landover. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites. The Chiefs' will, defense will give up 30-something points in this game, but they'll still win the game. They cannot go to 2-4 and four in Washington. I think... This is a game where Chase Young can take advantage. The Chiefs have a couple tackles out. If Chris Jones is out, that's going to be a problem for Kansas City's defense. Um, but I'm I'm going with I'm going with Kansas City. Washington will cover in a high scoring game. 
I think this is going to be a Terry McLaurin breakout game. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have two touchdowns, 100-plus yards. But I think the Chiefs are going to win in a shootout because the Chiefs cannot lose this game. Yeah, They are a better team than Washington on paper. Yeah, They need the winner. They're going to be 2-4, and four, and there's some good teams in their division. So, yeah, they need to keep up. They're going to win this game, but it's going to be close. Especially with the schedule they have coming up with the Packers in a couple of weeks and then a couple more divisional matchups with the Raiders and the, and the Broncos. All right, Vikings and Panthers in Charlotte. Spread's kind of close. It's Minnesota by a point. I'm a Panthers fan, and I actually truthfully believe the Vikings will win this game. I don't even think it will be close because the Panthers cannot protect the passer. It will help if uh, Christian McCaffrey will get healthy. I just don't see it happening. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Vikings in a, in a defensive game. With Dalvin Cook coming back, I do think that Minnesota will do just enough to edge out Carolina on the road. And I did not like how Sam Darnold played last week. No, his throws looked all over the place. In his defense, he did not have any time at all to throw. Yeah. They were getting he was getting raided by that Eagles pass rush. They were Go ahead, sorry. But yeah, I I like Minnesota in this. There there was a couple of tweets that I read on Twitter that like the Panthers have the worst offensive line in football. It actually might be true. Um this is a good one. Chargers and Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens are still a little bit banged up on defense. The Chargers it, their defense did come up with a good game plan the last time they played against Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers in the upset. I think that they're just riding this momentum. You know, beat the Chiefs, beat the Raiders, beat the Browns. That's three very good football teams. Yeah, they lost a close one to Dallas, but they're riding this momentum. It took everything the Ravens had, especially a little bit of luck with a, a blocked field goal and a coin toss to steal that game from the Colts. I'm going to go with the Chargers in a high-scoring game. And, you know, you look at what really killed the Chargers' defense. It was the rushing attack. Mm-hmm. And outside of Lamar Jackson, the Ravens don't have much. Yeah. You know, they're hurting there. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to ride. I'm going to squad ride this one, David, and mm-hmm. take the Chargers as an underdog. I, I like, like that pick a lot. I like it. All right. This is a, a, a close one. Cardinals, Browns. I've gone back and forth in this in my head. I said Cardinals yesterday. I said Browns last night. I said Cardinals this morning. I said Browns. This right before we got on the air, Chandler Jones being out with COVID-19 for God knows how long could hurt the defense, but the Browns secondary got torn apart by the passing attack of the Chargers. And the Cardinals raise their game when they get a team like Cleveland or the Rams. So I'm going with the Cardinals in a high-scoring game. I agree. The Cardinals' offense is healthy. You know, they are going. It's going to be tough on the road in Cleveland, though. Yeah. Cleveland's, I think Cleveland's going to step up defensively. Mm-hmm. They, too, they're 3 and 2. They really need this game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be, I think this is going to be a three point or less like spread. Yeah. It's going to be a very close win for Arizona. Mm. All right. Raiders and Broncos, all the talk with John Gruden. He's now gone as the Raiders head coach. The Raiders have corner injuries. The Broncos playing at home in the altitude. I've got a good feeling about Denver. I, I know that they didn't look great against Pittsburgh, but that's just the Pittsburgh defense. The Raiders' defense has looked terrible the last two weeks. I'm going Broncos in a low-scoring game at home against the Raiders. I think the Broncos are going to win by a touchdown at least. I really do yeah. not like how the Raiders' offense looked this past week at home. Yeah, I really like the Broncos in this matchup. All right, the 425 big game in the window is Dallas and New England. The Cowboys are four-point favorites. I said this before we got on the air. I think the Cowboys are the most complete team in the NFC. I think they're better than Tampa. I think they're better than uh, Arizona. They're better than Green Bay. All my friends this uh, uh, before we got on the show said the Patriots will win. They're at home. There's no way they go to 2-4. Two and two and four. I was like, did you see what Dallas did to the Giants last week? Have you seen what Dallas has done to just about everybody in the NFL? Dallas wins by 21 points. Dallas's offense is something else, man. And Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, that rushing attack is legit. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon they're going to get Amari Cooper going. He still hasn't really had a breakout game yet. Yeah. Dak Prescott has looked great. Their offensive line looks rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. I like Dallas by 10 plus. Yeah. Sunday Night Football on NBC features the Seahawks and the Steelers. This was a hyped game when it came out. It has now lost all its hype. No Russell Wilson, no Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers. 
But um, the Seattle offensive line is a mismatch against that Pittsburgh front four, front seven even. Steelers have a good secondary. They got a good win last week against Denver. That's definitely going to build Big Ben's confidence. They got the run game going. I think the Steelers will win uh, a close one against Seattle just because they're at home. That's the only reason I think they're going to win this game. Najee Harris has looked really good, and I I think he's going to have another big game Sunday night, and the Steelers Mm -hmm. are going to win by at least seven. And lastly, we have the Bills and the Titans, a good Monday night game. Uh, The Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites. There will be no letdown whatsoever from the Bills against Tennessee. They've just got the best run-stopping defense. And they know what Tennessee's offense is capable of. It's just Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown's hurt. Julio Jones is hurt. Ryan Tannehill's offensive line can't protect. Um, the Titans' defense still hasn't shown me that it's good. Um, I think the Bills. I think the Bills will win by a field goal, but it's, it's going to be close. But I'm going Bills. Man, I really wanted to see this matchup in the playoffs last uh, yeah, year. Yeah. But then Baltimore went in and beat Tennessee. <laughs> David, it's going to come down to the Packers Bears game. Who yeah, takes I guess the leading so. picks because like, yeah. I'm taking the Bills here. Yeah, I really like this Bills team a lot this year. They're going to stuff Derrick Henry. They yeah. have a great line, secondary solid, and obviously Josh Allen, he's my MVP favorite right now. And I need Josh Allen to go off because he's in my fantasy team. And I finally <laughs> got my first win uh, last week with uh, Jonathan Terry making some big plays. So that is our week six picks. So that will wrap it up here for the Marvel Sports Talk Show. Uh, for Andrew Spezano and David Marr, have a great night, Bobcats, and good luck on those midterms. We'll see you next week. Now